You're listening to the Out of Range Podcast with Tony Franklin, powered by Bold TV. I'm ready. You're ready. Now, let's get out of range. Hi, this is EJ Tackett, and I never listen to the Out of Range Podcast with Tony Franklin. Thanks for the intro. Uh, see, people really don't listen to the Out of Range podcast, and I thought they did. But hey, we're here. <laughs> it's episode 13, and we're ready to rock. Last week, we had Wes Malott on the show. How about that, D-Hart? Your teammate, has he has he left any marks that you've not been able to wash off? I'm telling you guys that I have so many open wounds from the <laughs> destruction that he's done to my mental side, physical side. It's gonna take me a while to recoup, man. I, I'm. I don't. I'm, hey, dude. He's just, Everybody needs to get roughed up every now and again, dude. I mean, that's part of life, man. Just because Slimer roughed you up on uh, podcast gold, I mean, you got to live with that. But uh, for the record, Slimer, love it, dude. I be, I absolutely love it, man. Love it. He's I'm gonna look so good in a jersey with just. It's lime green or fluorescent green and just a whole bunch of hot dogs, right? His big old belly. <laughs> uh, Slimer. Hey, uh, D-Hart, I remember on the podcast last week, you were mentioned that, you know, okay, you know, this year or this last season at the Swiss, you challenged Wes. Uh, you guys both bowled kind of trashy, uh, but he only beat you by 12 pins. I mean, a Hall of Famer at some point only beat you by 12 pins. That's great. Said, hey, you, you you were fine the previous year. So I went ahead and took the liberty of taking the uh, stats for uh, 2017. Yeah. You ready for this? Um, do you, I mean, Matt, are you ready yeah. to hear this? Yeah, lay it on okay. me. All right. Uh, Wes, in 2017 at the Swiss, your tournament in Wichita, Kansas at North Rock Lanes, great tournament. Everyone thank should you, bowl. Thank you. Trios tournament. Uh, Wes averaged 225.7. I mean, that's a that's a man's average right there. It's a great average. That is great. Uh, Tony Franklin uh, speaking. Thank you very much. I averaged 210.8. Pretty good. That's very, I was that's, looking through my scores. Very consistent. Very that's going to get you a nice plaque. It is going to get you a plaque. So we've got those two scores in it. D-Hart, our man, the man in the middle, the big guy, averaged 195.6. <laughs> what happened, dude? 195.6. Uh, you need to go to 2016. Okay. All yeah. right. I have to keep I have to keep scrolling back. I hope uh, my phone keeps every picture I've taken of our scores. I think that that was our inaugural year together. Yeah, so, so we've already, we both three years with Wes. I know I crushed that year. So, all right, I'll I'll keep digging, but at least it's, it's not 2017. That's true. That's true. 2017. Well, hey guys, uh, we got to knock this out quick tonight. Uh, I don't want to say it, but I've got some important business to take care of. Uh, and that is watch the finale of uh, The Bachelorette. I'm sure you guys got to watch Bachelorette tonight too, right? Oh, I'm not alone. Uh, uh, Matt, what what are we what have we resorted to here? I don't know, dude. I almost I almost literally just just hung up since we're calling we're on Skype <laughs> right now. I literally almost just hung up. You you guys watch The Bachelorette, Tony? Well, here's the deal. I, mean, we have- I can understand. I can understand Jeannie, <laughs> but you. As much as you preach about 
great shows and quality, you're you're watching that garbage tonight and you're fired up about it. I I can honestly say that I have never watched three minutes of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Well can you <laughs> can you imagine what Tony's binge watching of TV shows looks like? I mean, one weekend it's The Bachelorette, next weekend it's Game of Thrones. I mean, should we be questioning <laughs> your TV show selection tone? What about Fuller House? Do you want me to just camp out on Fuller House too? I'm I'm okay with that. I'm in. On, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm in on that because it has a connection to a time in my life where I pretty much loved watching TV every day after school with Full House, Saved by the Bell, California Dreams. But it's tied to a memory, a, a memory in my mind of the past. Where the hell did you guys? What? Walk me through. Why okay. you watch The Bachelorette, please? Okay, I'll do that. First off, uh, I was just kidding about Fuller House. Fuller House. We crap. weren't actually, actually, cut it out. We were not joking. I know D Hart has some love for Full and Fuller House. I, I mean, but, I, I like it. Maybe not Fuller House. Did but... someone say wood? <laughs> Don't maybe get started with the wood. You really want to know why he watches The Bachelorette? Let's hear it. No. Come on. Come on. Serve it oh, up. I, no, I'm saying like uh, that was a real question. Oh, that oh you guys want to know. Okay, yeah, let's find out. Yeah, give me so, some bullet give me some high-end bullet points about why the bachelorette, dude. All right. I've only watched 3 episodes. All right, we'll call it 5 episodes. Uh <laughs> 3, 5, seven, three, nine. Well, 3 and then we had to go back and watch a couple like the intros, but Genie just happened across it the second to last episode a couple of weeks ago she was working i was bowling she wanted to kind of just check out see what was going on uh, and she she really enjoyed it and then we hopped in the car to go to the lake and our favorite sports talk radio station 96.7 the ticket uh they got on there and they reviewed the bachelorette they talked about the bachelorette for two hours and it was great stuff they talked about all the funny uh activities They've got fantasy rooms on there, fantasy dates. There's some crazy stuff that goes on. This isn't this isn't your parents' bachelor or bachelorette show. The 2019 version of the Bachelorette, they they get a little funky out there, all right? So uh with that being said, great conversation on our awesome sports talk radio station. Jeannie was giggling the whole time. I was intrigued. I was like, all right, you know what? I will I will watch an episode and see what happens. These are two hour episodes, too. This is a full-length movie. Hmm. Exciting. I watched the, the episode. It was great. Everything they giggled about, I giggled about too. It's good stuff. So now I'm kind of, I'll be honest, a little pot committed at this point. So now we want to go back and we we pull it Don't up. Don't say it. Don't say it. You're going to go back. Yeah. And yeah. Watch. We haven't binge watched, but we, we hammered out three episodes like it was nobody's business. So we watched the first three episodes, kind of get a feel for everything. We watched the the reveal of the uh, the men episode review of all the bachelors who got kicked off the show is pretty good stuff. And then last night it was uh, episode one of the two part finale. <laughs> Tony Five just said, Jesus. pretty good stuff. Pretty good. Hi- are you the hype man for the show? Please tell me you stopped at target and got some more of that $5 bottle of wine. <laughs> I might, maybe I did have a glass of Chardonnay, before uh, before the podcast, night. God, you wouldn't guys, that just uh, wouldn't that just top off a night a nice 
a nice skinny glass of Chardonnay and Bachelorette. I can I can tell you that if I had the, I mean, if I was resorting to watching the Bachelorette, I might as well just go and work on my bowling game and practice during the summer. <laughs> yeah, that that ain't that ain't gonna help. But uh, you know, last night we were at uh, Tori's uh, softball game, and I how'd that go? How'd that go? Uh, they got clobbered the first game and then they won big the second game so it's How, good. how's heart how's heart eight Did she uh, hit any any dingers lately uh she went she went over she had a couple of walks last night and you know at uh the 12 year range if you get on base you're basically gonna steal every base and get, yeah. get home. <laughs> so if you if you get I loved watching that triple. whenever we watched we came down and watched the games yeah if you're on base you're looking to steal every single time yeah, on make them throw yeah but uh, she she caught the first game and she had uh, three throwouts. So she threw oh. one person out at second and two at third. So that's pretty solid work for old girl. Hold on, she's got a cannon. She's got a cannon. <laughs> she's got to be getting some eyes from the Rangers organization now, right? Yeah. They, uh, wait a minute. Tomorrow is the last day for free agency uh, trades. Am I correct? I'm not a huge baseball fan, but that would be the trade like the 30, deadline. Yeah, the 31st is the only day that you can trade in Major League Baseball, right? Or something like that? No, you or, couldn't be further from the truth. Or it, it has to happen before that day, right? Correct. Okay, Matt, my bad. Matt, I heard Tyreek Hill was injured and may not play this season. Is that true? No, that's not true. He has a small bruise. Uh, yeah, he's good. Uh, everything's all good. Chiefs, Everything in Chiefs Kingdom should be fine this year. Uh, we're, we're looking for... Uh, we're looking for a Super Bowl appearance. Oh, I dude, bet. You got some I, passion. You oh. got some passion. You're involved there. You're yeah, a Kansas I, City person. I'm a Kansas City person, but I bet every single one of your friends at your bachelor or your bachelor, your birthday party, that they would win less than nine games. I love so, it. Wow. I love gonna, it. You're gonna you're totally gonna lose a lot of money, dude. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Uh, nine's a push. Nine's a push. So you guys gotta win ten. For me to lose, and you guys got to win eight for me to win. I think you guys are definite eight and eight team this year. So eight and eight. So you're you're eight. looking for the Tyree or the excuse me, the Patrick Mahomes sophomore slump. Is that what you're looking for? In the words of D Hart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, can I get some of that action? I'd like to take the play. Yeah, you can have the same twenty as I give could everybody I, else. Could I log? I'd like to log an Andrew Jackson on that. Yeah, that's cool. 20 men, 20 max. Put me, on the, put me on your uh, out-of-range podcast spreadsheet. <laughs> I, know, I know exactly where you're coming from on this, Tony. I know exactly what you're yeah. thinking. Yeah, there's there's nobody left in the cupboard. They can't stop anybody. All, all Mahomes has to do is get dinged up just a little bit, and he will not uh, get them any wins. So, anyway, we'll see. Football season. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, bottom line, Bachelorette. Finale tonight. Super excited. Let's knock this podcast out. God. <laughs> Who knew we were going to have Bachelorette talk, but I'm glad. We did. You know, it's crazy. Whenever you drop that on me, I, I was wondering what you were going to say. Bachelorette would have been the last thing that would have came to mind. Why didn't, why didn't my we mind steal, is still what, blown right now? Why didn't we steal the booth for the Bachelorette finale? <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. That's what, maybe once I get you Yahoo's off the, off the line here, maybe, maybe Jeannie and I'll put in a quick, uh, final 15 minutes of the Bachelorette show to see what happens. We'll steal the boot. <clears throat> but hey, this is what we do have this week. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the PWBA, and by that I mean we're going to we're going to really focus on the PWBA this evening. They are getting ramped up and back at it. Uh, the Lucy, the Striking Against Breast Cancer Mixed Doubles Tournament, just concluded in Houston last weekend. 
Amanda Green, Kyle Sherman, your champions in an unbelievable finish. Did you guys tune in to check that out? Please tell me somebody saw it. Oh, my gosh. Amazing finish. Heartbreak for A.J. Johnson and Aaron McCarthy, your boy Chris Prather uh, in Sydney, the Wichitans. Boy, they led the entire tournament to the last game, fell to third, almost fell to fourth. So really a, a fantastic photo finish on that. Uh, but, you know, watching that, it just really makes me uh, curious about a, th- a couple of things in regards to the young talent on tour. want to get into that. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Junior Gold Fantasy Draft that we did at the Junior Gold Live event in Detroit. So we're going to recap Caitlin Dole, Chad Steven, and, of course, D-Hart's team, which solid team, D-Hart. I would say it's trash, but it's solid. Thanks, Tom. You're welcome. And then, of course, we're going to knock out one other quick piece, which is our Elite Field Tournament, which starts uh, in Hartford this weekend. The top 32 female professional bowlers will be teeing it up and knocking it out for the rest of the season. d do you have something to add there about your, your awesome team? Yeah, I mean, lately it just seems like everything about me is trash. So just go ahead and uh, stick yeah. with that theme there. No, uh, <laughs> I don't want, I don't like I don't want to call you trash. You're awesome. I want to build Man, let's build you up. Maybe we just maybe we just He's call a, West. Let's just call West back up and just pummel me into the ground. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see Slimer. Nobody took Slimer there. I mean, but nah. you do you I see that you did now obviously I, I sat out for that segment, so I was not on the uh I was not on the podcast, uh so I didn't get to really hear much of that, but I'm looking at picks now. Going with the Liz Johnson Hoff, dude. You're you're all of your all of your cards are on stacked in the deck of Liz Liz Johnson Hoff. Can you blame me? With some Do of you, your side bets, some of the side bets and other things like that. So you're you have to re- uh, you have to remember that my I was picking last, so I was the last one to have the uh, choices there. It was a hmm. snake, it, Matt. It was a snake draft. He had the sure. third choice. Yeah, and yeah. He had the third and fourth choice. Hmm. Okay. So that ain't too bad, buddy. I mean, he picked AJ Tackett, uh, who we would say second best bowler in the world. AJ Tackett or, or EJ Tackett? EG. EJ. E- e- How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, second e- best G. bowler. Yeah, second or third best uh, bowler. And too bad I didn't uh, I didn't get any Lucy help there because they were a team EJ and Liz. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, that would have been a heck of a start for you. <laughs> What about what about Chris Prather? Is he the second or third best bowler on earth too? Man, it, it sure seems like it. Yeah. That dude, that dude is just locked in. Yeah, he some could Lucy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I I definitely think I think I'd, I'd say he's on the medal stand for sure. For sure. All right. So uh, first topic uh, wheel of this evening. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the young talent. I really want to get into that. That's coming up next. That was a miss. I did not uh, give a shout out to DJ Fresh Mint during the opening ceremonies. That's uh, opportunity. She, opportunity. She didn't. She didn't need any more shout outs. I was in her ear the entire night. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, where's Derek? Uh, we're about ready to go on live podcast. Oh, he's talking to DJ Fresh Mint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Way to score a business card. Good job, bud. Thanks, All right, man. Dear. All right. Well, hey. Uh, so one of the things that's really just been a, a point where I've 
I've really just not quite understood it, and I want something more, is the lack of new talent on the PWBA tour that's really dominating. So, Matt, you and I may not agree much on this, but I'm, I'm telling you, there's a ton of phenomenal physical games for these ladies that we've seen in the last three years that just haven't quite broken through, and I just i am not understanding why. And I want to really open up the doors and see if we can figure it out because uh, there's just such great talent. And I'm going to use a DFW connection on this as well. But it just seems like the talent has uh, gotten more experienced and they which, you know, that makes sense. Right. I mean, it's maybe it's like in golf where the older the uh, the playing field gets, even though the young talent kind of crops in and gets there on occasion. It's the older, more experienced talent that continues to win. Uh, so that's really what I want to explore tonight. Yeah. So if if you're looking if you're looking for my opinion, and I we've talked a little bit on this subject, so I'll jump in and start. But you know, to me, there's basically there's basically two different ways to talk about it: physically and mentally. And I think um, having the opportunity to bowl in college, I can I can easily go back and remember I was very much of a team player, right? And you get so dialed in, it's almost like a, almost like a group thing to a certain extent of, can I do this on my own? Can I compete at the professional level on my own? And I literally remember having these discussions with myself mentally about, can I do this, right? And I'm sure I'm not the only person who's ever done that, who's bowled college before and had those same thoughts. So physically... You know, we talked about you, you'd mentioned that it's less games in college because of Baker bowling. So um, these ladies are bowling less games at the competitive level on the weekends. Um, I would say and caveat that it's not all about competition in college. I think it's about the preparation and the journey during the week to get prepared for the weekend. So. I disagree with you a little bit on that front, but more, more, I think I disagree on the mental side of it. Um, I, I think what, what we're seeing is, is it's younger folks coming out there and maybe it's the college bowlers who have relied on their teammates and expected their teammates to be there with them. And you live that life for four years and then all of a sudden you're done. And it's like, what's, what's the net, what's the next step? It's professional women's bowling. Now I have to think on my own. I have to make decisions on my own. Um, so it's different. And I think maybe that's why we see some of the struggle, uh, translating to early success on the tour coming from college bowling. That's just my opinion. Uh, those are some thoughts that I have on it and some experiences that I've had personally, just the so I don't know. What do you right, think, D-Hart? Well, hold on a sec, D-Hart. So, Matt, you cut out a little bit there at the end. But let me go ahead and throw some stats at you. And what my problem statement is here is the ladies that have gone out on tour and maybe right out of college since the, stirs, uh, the tour started back in the last four years, easily some of the most impressive physical games we've ever seen in professional women's bowling. It's amazing. I'm so impressed with how great they throw it so many of them have just well practiced they're artists but that artistry is not translating into consistent finals appearances titles etc so for instance let's just take a quick look at our stats list this year for we'll just go top 12 in points shannon o'keefe 
Daniel, just for yourself, just kind of think through where they are in their career. So Shannon O'Keefe, Daniel McEwen, Dasha Kovalova, Clara Guerrero, Jordan Richard, Missy Parkin, Josie Barnes, Liz Colkin, Tanya Romamper, Liz Johnson, Rian Cote, Stephanie Johnson, Shannon Plahowski. That's the top 13 in points. So out of that mix, there's a lot of experience. I mean, how many of those are really fresh to the PWBA tour? Jordan Richard, for one. Uh, Dasha Kovalova, I want to say Dasha, this is her fourth year. Did she start when the tour got back uh, on its feet? Yeah, I think full-time, maybe two or three years. Okay. So you've got uh, Liz Colkin, who's uh, pretty fresh to it, Tanya. But that's about it in the top 13. You know, nowhere in there did I mention uh, Diana Zavilova, did I mention Daria Payak, did we mention Verity Crawley, some of those amazing Weber talents that throw the ball just off the charts good. And that's what I'm just not uh, understanding is what is it what is it taking, what's it going to take for them to really break through and challenge them? Uh, Giselle Poss, for one, Sydney Brummett uh, had a great week with Chris Prather, Sandra Gangor. Those are a couple of names of people who have immense talent but haven't quite broken through. And that's where the problem statement for me begins, kind of just trying to understand what's going on. So I'll turn it over to you, Dehart. What, what, what do you think based on that problem statement? So uh, I agree with you and I agree with Matt to an extent. So the one thing that I see from the collegiate level to the professional level, both on the men and the women's circuit, is – the difference is lane play and not having that roadmap. So when I bowled in college, Matt bowled in college, you always had a roadmap in front of you because there was four or five other women or, or men in front of you throwing shots. So you could always see what their ball was doing and make necessary adjustments to your own game. We'll translate that to a singles portion or a singles event. You don't have that. So anybody that doesn't understand what their ball is doing or what to do when their ball is not doing the right thing, I think that already puts them at a disadvantage to the people that are already out there competing at that level. So um, one of the best things that I ever heard two or three years ago, and Tony, you and I have talked about this in the past, is the physical side of things. In today's world, they're all, like you said, artists. They're great. They get to the line the same. They throw it the same. They don't have a problem hitting targets. The problem is getting the ball to go through the pins the correct way. And that is what separates the good from the bad or maybe the best from the good. Uh, and yeah. to me, it, it makes tremendous sense. If you hit the pocket 90% of the time, that's great. The problem is if you only, if you only strike 30% of the time, you ain't got the right ball. And sometimes that takes two or three games for a, let's just call it a rookie, who's coming up to realize that, yeah, hitting the pocket's great. I don't want to lose that. They will probably try to do something different with their hand and make it strike. Whereas if they just went to something different in their bag for a, another shape, they could strike and not have to do anything different. So, so that's experience, right? Yes. Is it? That's, I, is it? I think it's experience and I think it's competing no, a little bit, right? But, but Matt, you, my, the, I agree with you to an extent, but my point is, is that, they're not learning that at the collegiate level, or maybe just a handful of them. If you okay, take the so so Derek, let me stop you right there. Okay. Do you have do you have an idea of why they're not learning that at the collegiate level? 
I mean, I can make some uh, some assumptions, but it's probably a variety of reasons. Okay. Well, give me a reason then. Um, I would say that um, maybe the the direction, the the leadership of that team, respectively. Okay. Somebody doesn't understand it. Okay. So I've got one that that has jumped out at me that I think is a big piece of this. So uh, the main thing that you see in college or the main format that is followed, at least in the second half of the year, is the Baker format. Front half of the year, more maybe conference events, et cetera. The teams – and this is not a male or a female only problem. This is a male – this is college bowling. They'll bowl a full game. Second half of the season is a lot of Baker matches. If you get to the national championships, it is all Baker. And that, I think, is a big piece of it. So just to go along with the comment you made about, you know, getting lined up and nine spare and all that, in a Baker format, you only get two shots a game. That's it. You're on the hook for two shots and two shots only. And if you go eight spare, nine spare, that is just as good as two strikes. There is no difference in most cases because clean frames rule the day in Baker because the lanes are tough. Any mark is a good mark. And I think that is great and it is exciting. And that's what sells. I love watching Baker team collegiate events, but that doesn't prepare you to go out and beat Shannon O'Keefe. It just doesn't because you have not had the game on, you know, let's use a tennis term. You haven't had the ball in your racket for the full game, two shots, give me a couple of marks. I'm out. That's all I'm required to do. Nine spare is the same as strike in a Baker match. Nine spare versus a strike against Shannon O'Keefe over the course of 30 games on a PWBA pattern, not even close to the same thing. That's what I think is the main difference is there's so much Baker. They don't get the experience with having to bowl the full game and make every little minute adjustment. So it's it's lack of competitive repetition. Is that what you're saying, Tony? I think I think that's one way to put it. Sure. Okay. Hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, Again, you know, we talked about uh, earlier whenever I'd mentioned my what my thought was on it is, you know, I, I think I agree with you to a certain extent and I understand where you're coming from. But I think so much of the college experience happens during the week, not on the weekend. Right. It's the. It's the team practices, it's the preparation, it's the playing on different conditions and practice. Don't get me wrong, you can never, it's very hard to replicate competition going to a tournament and bowling with your team and trying to win, you know? So from a physical lack of repetition and shots, yes, Baker bowling is less, but I still think there's some, there's some contribution to the journey throughout the year of getting better during the week and practicing every day that preparation as well. And I think some colleges do it well and have organized practices every day. And some just, it's more of a club sport, right? You practice on your own and you practice when you can. So does that help them be, does that help them become a better professional bowler? And I know that's not the goal. Collegiate bowling is the goal is not to become a better professional, but I want to see these, uh, up-and-coming women stars succeed at the highest level, and it just hasn't happened yet, and it's we're year four now. So does it help them become a better professional bowler? 
Yeah. So you're saying, do you, is it, is it better just to go out and start, I mean, if go out and start grinding, right. If that's what you want to be, be successful as it, at it is this college bowling help you to prepare for the next level? Or do, do you just go out and you start, you start bowling, right? You just start bowling action or bowling tournaments and working your way through that way. I mean, I, th- I think, yeah, I think that definitely comes into play. So let's throw the reverse of that uh, on the men's side. I haven't seen as much struggle out of some of the younger players on the men's side, and but they bowl under the same collegiate uh, guidelines as the females, and that's fine. But there are so many other individual singles tournaments and action that the men get an opportunity to participate in that they get sharp having to bowl an entire game with all the pressure on them. So let me interject here, and I think you're right to an extent, Tony, but I think there's a gap between collegiate and full-time professional bowling, and I think the women's tour has addressed that this year by adding the regional program. So yep. it gives it gives those women a chance to go out and compete on that level um, and kind yep. of it, it prepares you for that. So I will agree. I, I think there is some sort of a competitive gap between those two in formats and i will agree with the baker side of things again clean frames is the name of the game here yeah uh, where you, you're not trying to strike or you're not trying to just beat your other opponent you're just clean frames so um yeah i mean that's that, it's so hard to break down just one or two things but physically gifted i don't i don't think that we've seen as many physically talented individuals on both respective tours coming up in the games like we have in today's game. Would you agree? Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, the one thing, the one, we have an outlier, right? Jordan Richard, she's in fifth in points this year. The franchise, we had her on the show. <laughs> the franchise. Detroit. I love that nickname. That's awesome. I do too. But she came on the scene, rookie of the year last year, an easy rookie of the year. She, you know, won titles, bold for titles, you know, but she has a physical game unlike anything that's ever been seen on the women's side before. She's, uh, I think of it, she's like the Mark Roth of uh, women's bowling. You know, Mark Roth came on the scene and he did something no one else could do. He could hook it off the lane, or at least he hammered on it, and, you know, the balls didn't hook that much back then, so it hooked as much as it could, and he dominated. And then, you know, Dehart, Jordan can do something with a ball that no other female can do at this point. Agreed. Agreed. So what what about what about the whole cliche statement of paying your dues? Do you guys believe in that? Sure. I mean, going out and paying your dues, living the life for a year or two, and then securing the win, right? All right. I mean, that's a, is, that's is there great something point. is there something to it from that perspective? I mean Yeah. See, I think that I think it's different on the men's tour. I think you see some folks who've had some initial impact when we talk about like a Chris Prather who won the PBA playoffs, um, you know, guys like that. But um, maybe it is. Maybe it is something where it's almost like you have to pay your dues before good things happen to you. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing that no, out I, there. I like that. I like that, man. I don't I don't disagree with that. I, you have to pay your dues. It's tough, man. This is the best. The best. It's just. I guess maybe I got I got caught up in how incredibly gifted so many of these females are that I just expected more diversity in who's winning tournaments. 
and I just haven't seen it yet. And I'm trying to solve that. And I, the, what it just keeps leading me back to is the fact that they're just not getting the experience of bowling 10 full frames mm-hmm. against the best prior to having to go against the best. So let, let, let me ask I, let me, let me interject again one more time. So I'm just thinking broadly here across all sports. There's always, there's that, that next level that those athletes are accustomed to going against. So mm-hmm. look at golf, for example, collegially to the web.com tour, qualify through that or have uh, high enough finishes in some of those tournaments to qualify for the PBA or PGA tour events. I think that's the difference here. And I think they've already, they've started to bridge that gap. Yeah. And, and I like your point about the, the regional. I, I think that's great. I think Julia Bond has two regional victories uh, this year. So I think that's a, that's a great aspect. So you, maybe both points are valid, right? Is they've got to pay their dues and they've got to learn it because you know, Matt, you mentioned this a couple episodes ago about how difficult it is just to travel on tour. Yeah. Right? So to, be I mean, I'm, to bowl against your heroes. You know? a ton of, there's a ton of better bowlers than me out there. And I'm lucky to say that I had the opportunity to compete in the Southwest region for several years and then go and actually bowl on tour for one year. And I'm telling you, the two are completely different. And we all know that to be true. There's folks that have success on the regional level, but can never translate it to the national level. So although as although I agree with you, Derek, that I think developing the regional program is key for some of these ladies to get some more um, games in that make that are going to make an impact to their game. I still think there's that level of the competition is not as strong at the regional level as it is obviously at the, at, at the big time at the national level. Oh, I think it's like you said, it's the tour life. You have to get oh, accustomed. Yeah. You have to get accustomed to living out of a suitcase, yeah. go, driving from week to week. And it's not as, not as defined well, now as what it is. Let me throw something else at you. In a you new also, city every week. You also have to believe in yourself alone when you're in the in the collegiate environment, you have numerous teammates and coaches and parents supporting you, telling that telling you that you can do it. Think about being alone in uh, let's just use the next PWBA event in Hartford. You're out there grinding your life away, trying to make a living, and you have probably nobody there to help you believe that you can do it. So part of that is that mental fortitude, and I'll use the term ego to an extent. I think you have to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder to tell yourself that you're good enough to be out there. You will succeed. will challenge the best. And I, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I struggled with that too. Wes alluded to that last week. It's hard to tell yourself that you're good enough to go and compete with some of those stars that you see, some of those stars that you even look up to. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to, again, from experience, D-Hart, it's you dead nailed it. Right. When you come out of college, you're used to relying on someone to help you with moves, see things, be there for you emotionally whenever you do well and you struggle. So when you're all when when you're on your own and you have to make the moves, you have to make the decisions, you make the ball choices, you are looking at, you know, you're competing against people that signed your bowling pin when you were a kid and you're in awe a little bit, right? So it, there's an adjustment period. Some do it quicker than others. And I think what you alluded to 100% there is having that chip on your shoulder and being confident. 
looking at going into that to the national level, some people make that transition a lot smoother. But I think it's mental more than it is physical. I totally agree with you, especially oh. college bowling going from the team atmosphere to straight singles. And I think that's one reason why college bowling has added the singles tournament in there as well is – Maybe they see that. Maybe they see, okay, hey, not saying team bowling is a terrible thing, but there needs to be you, – you need to own – you need to have some ownership in your game as a person to collectively attribute to a team, right? I think it's easy to get caught in groupthink sometimes, and that's kind of what – you know, me and some of the guys I bowled college with back in the day have that discussion all the time. We lost thinking and bowling for ourselves to a certain extent, and I think – I think that's definitely a big piece of it. Yeah, I think if that, uh, I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys at all, but that's what that's what I see in my mind. I mean, it, there's always like Tony alluded to earlier with uh, with with the franchise. She's an outlier and there's always outliers in these sports. You think about LeBron James, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant. Those are all guys that came out of high school. Um, I mean, if the rules allowed for it completely across the board, how many kids would completely come out of high school? and be a star within a year. Not very many. And I think that's what we're seeing here is that we have one or two outliers every year on each respective tour um, that can physically just physically and mentally come out there and be successful, where everybody else kind of, for your terms, Matt, has to pay their dues. They have to learn it. It doesn't come naturally to them like those other players. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, it's, it's all good. It's all good points right there. So I appreciate it. Uh, it's, uh, it's something I would definitely want us to continue to, uh, talk about and, and kick around because that's a good topic, a of, Tony. It is. There's a lot of good different ways to look at it, but at the end of the day, I just want to see a lot of good diversity. I want to see different people win and I want to see some stars being made. So that's what I'm hoping for. And speaking of that, our next segment has all the stars laid out. We're going to talk about our Junior Gold Fantasy Bowling Challenge coming up next. All right. Welcome back. As we were in Detroit for the Junior Gold Championships opening ceremony and the Junior Gold Live, one of the segments we had on there was our Junior Gold Fantasy Bowling Challenge. Uh, challenge. With that, we had a couple of our youth athletes join the booth against the greatness, the old wily veteran, Derek Hartnell. What's up, Great. Derek? The greatness? The greatness? I mean, yeah, I told you we're going to build you up for the rest of the show. Yeah, I thought it was the garbage can, but no, man, no, the greatness. We're, look, at the end <laughs> of the day, man, I'm gears. Just, yeah, I'm just trying to get back to the Bachelorette final. So, don't. <laughs> hey, 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 Wes, Wes spent last week breaking him down. We're going to spend this week building him back up. Well, from now forward, we're going to build him up. All right. So, uh, Derek is challenging two youth athletes. One is Caitlin Dole of Fort Worth, and one is Chad Steven of Flint, Michigan. Is that right, Matt? Flint, Michigan? <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. I mean, for all of you out there, we have kind of an ongoing passion with uh, Jackie Moon, Flint, Michigan, <laughs> the Flint Tropics. Uh, and when I asked Chad about the movie, he's like, yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. I was like, "You wait a minute. You live in Flint, Michigan, and you've never seen that movie. He's, uh, he was he was pulling your leg. He told everyone in the in the area that if he won, there's corn dogs for everyone. Oh, OK. <laughs> I, I He must have been just. 
Yeah. Right off, I, right off of that raggedy lunch truck that he was visiting. Man. We don't have any corn dogs. They're not a real sponsor. All right. So the, the, uh, the way this little challenge works, we've got six events, four PWBA, two PBA, where the points are given for your finish. So you, you have drafted five professional bowlers, three PBA, two PWBA superstars, uh, or just regular stars in D-Hart's case. I'm just kidding. We're building you up. D-Hart, we're building you up. <laughs> building you up. Uh, and then whatever place you finish, that's the amount of in qualifying. I'm sorry. The initial qualifying rounds, the place that you finish is the amount of points that you get. Whoever has the least amount of points is going to win. So with that being said, if you lead qualifying, that's one point. If you finish 164th in qualifying, you get 164 points for that player. So that's not going to do well. It's not. It's not at all. 64th range. It's not. So uh, let's go ahead and recap this. So the, the six events we've got are the PWBA East Hartford Open starting this week, the PWBA Louisville Open, PWBA Orlando Open, followed by the PBA Wolf and Bear Open up in Illinois, and then finally the PWBA Players Championship September 3rd through the 8th. So, Dehar, we're going to finish with your team. So let's start with Caitlin Dole. And so when I've looked at Caitlin's team, I feel like this is more of the, I'm not going to call them wild cards, but she's got, she's got the guys and gals that could really turn it around. They're not, she doesn't have two of the top four, but you know, definitely got a lot of top 10 players. So first off, she said, this is her main homeboy and uh, mine too, from right here in the DFW, Anthony Simonson. Simo. That's right. Followed by. Detroit, the 313, Detroit Rock City, Andrew Anderson, and then Afro Fish, Kyle Troop, running second in PWBA Player of the Year points, Danielle McEwen, and someone who we talked a little bit about a second ago, Verity Crawley. So, Matt, being not a voter or drafter in the league, how do you feel about that team right there? What's not to like? Uh, you know, I, I do agree with you that she went a little bit of a different direction. Um, you know, Sometimes I compare it to fantasy football. Um, I try not to draft with my heart. Um, and maybe I feel like that she might have done that by selecting Anthony. Um, maybe some folks that she probably knows or looks yeah. up to from that perspective. I feel like that's maybe what she did. I, I, it, it could pay off. Sometimes it pays off. You know, when I, as an example, I try, sometimes I try not to draft a lot of Kansas City Chief fans and fantasy football players in fantasy football a i mean i'm pulling for them but b is that the right idea is there someone else out there i don't know we'll see we'll see how it pays off for her. all right so next up we've got chad steven who's a member of junior team usa from flint michigan and i never missed a game Woo all right uh with his first flint pick michigan mega bowl mega bowl be there mega bowl uh jason belmonte that's a tough pick, right? That's, a, that's, a, that's real... a solid pick. <laughs> Guarantee no one, everybody that, that was picked. Uh, all, right. all right, Matt, you're cutting out a little bit. We're gonna, Matt, we're going to have to let you, your uh, wireless get back on connection. So, yeah, I think you said some good things about Jason Milmani, but right there you just sound hammered. So hold <laughs> off on that for a second. And I know you're not. So uh, next up, Dom Barrett. Excellent. 
who's you know no 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 offense to Dom Barrett, probably the worst player on his team right now, because I right after that, that he's I know I, I, I can't believe pick. I just said you it's it's I mean if that was your fifth pick or last pick or whatever that's an amazing pick he's ridiculously good, he's but good. Jacob Buttriff, how about that the the best player on earth right now Shannon O'Keefe. Followed by the franchise, Jordan Richard. Whoa, God, that team's amazing. How did you guys let him get this team? Uh, D-Hart, what, how did that happen? Well, I don't, I don't really know what to say. So I wasn't a, I wasn't a big believer in Butcher, as phenomenal of a bowler as he is, and he can do so many different things. I just, it, he doesn't sit in my mind as one of the no. first players that I well, would Well, uh, hold on, hold on. I don't think he can do a lot of different things. I just think what he does, does, he does it very, very well. That's that's a yeah. debate for later on, but I guess but, making TV shows is bad. No, that's not what I said at all. Okay, agree to disagree. So Chad's gonna be tough to beat. I mean, I, I've I've looked at this team and I just there's no gaps. So I don't know how you guys are gonna beat him, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, let's get down to D-Hart's team. The true general manager. Let's see what he did. EJ Tackett. Outstanding. Solid pick. Chris Prather. Outstanding. Very solid pick. Liz Johnson-Hoff. Greatest female bowler of all time. Outstanding. Stephanie Johnson. Massive champion. Well, she got, I think, three PWBA titles. Always in contention. Never bowls bad. And then let's get to his last and final pick, which he said was the one that is the difference maker, Sean Rash, because both of the final PBA tournaments are at his house, so to speak. What do you think about that, Matt? I did not know that. Hold the phone, Derek. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. That definitely will play into effect. I I, I had no clue. Way to do your research, D-Hart. God, you're so good at stuff like this. This is why you are a true general manager. Nothing, no stone is left, never, no stone is left unturned for you. This is how I know you're building me up because you wouldn't say that in broad daylight. Well, no, dude. I mean, remove, the, remove the darkness about, night. yeah, no, dude, you, you, I, I did not know that. I mean, home center makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing that I think uh, is his disadvantage is he's like tournament host in quotation. So he could be busy with a lot of the organizing of all the other stuff. I mean, so how much, I know how much you use that as an excuse for your, no, 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 no. I I think rash has a (laughs) tremendous amount. I will say this rash has organized several bowling tournaments in the Wichita area. In fact, the super regional that he ran or was, he was the main organizer uh, in was probably the largest regional I've ever personally bowled in. We bowl at North rock and Thunderbird bowl in Wichita, Kansas. He organized a ton of celebrities to come for the Pro-Am, a tremendous amount of work. He's pretty good at that, and he competes in the tournament. So I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. I've seen him do it before. I think it actually makes him bowl better, to be honest with you. Fair enough. Right. Well, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun five weeks. I can't wait to see how all this turns out. We'll be giving weekly updates, especially if our man – Derek Hartnell is in first place because we love Derek and we think he's the best at everything that has ever been found. Vontae Mack, no matter what, D-Hart. That's right. It's, our vote is take D-Hart no matter what. 
I'll trade. I'll trade so many first round draft picks to get him. Yeah, Somebody so I could have gotten this. so many washing machines and <laughs> orders of nachos. That's right. Uh, so that's going to do it for our uh, junior gold fantasy bowling challenge. Can't wait to see how it turns out. It's going to be fun to see, and uh, we'll be right back to close down the show. Right. Anytime you say Vontae Mack, I just get, I don't know how come Draft Day turned out to be one of the greatest movies of all time. D-Hard, I, I never saw that coming. You told me it was a great show, and I was like, I, is it really? But it I is. Know that, I know that you have a tough, uh, a tough, you are a tough movie critic, let's just call it that. Uh, dude, hold on. The dude God. watches Bachelorette, bro. Not yet. That's you not a movie. Off the phone. I know, but it's, it's entertainment, phone. dude. Yeah, that's not a movie. I feel like Don't Tony's go much there. I'm more... not ready to give Tony any love about movies or shows right now. I mean, after what we talked about earlier. I just that's like I like the Cowboys coach that they hire, and he just comes in and assaults his program, and I, I love it. I love that movie. I don't know anybody who's seen it who hasn't said it's a solid movie. I agree, dude. You're right, though, Matt. I mean, it got it got no good reviews, and nobody went and saw it, but every piece of that was solid. Is yeah, that, does I'm that a movie fan. Not- does that movie not make you want to sit in the war room for a draft day just once in your life? At least with Kevin Costner. I just want to yeah. eat some eat some pancakes and breakfast. <laughs> That's right, you pancake <laughs> eat. And make some, the craziest some. trade for David Putney. <laughs> just because you can. <laughs> David Putney. There's you know, Kevin Costner had so many great like quotes in that movie though, right? I mean, in my opinion. But Super good movie. I'm a fan. It's very entertaining. Hey, man, I think uh, out of the last team that we just uh, drafted, or at least D-Hart did, uh, I think that's a team he can coach. You think you can coach that team, D-Hart? Oh, yeah. Do I need to make the phone calls to get them loaded up on the private jet to join our party? Make the phone call. In all seriousness, good luck to Caitlin and, uh, and Chad competing against our one and only D-Hart. And I believe they're battling out whoever wins. If one of them wins, they get to uh, join us on a segment or join us on an episode, right? Oh, yeah. They will be joining us live in studio for this session. It's going to be awesome. Good. I I take it that's one of the uh, tearing down D-Heart episodes. I mean. Oh, yeah. Because assuming that they're on there, they beat me. Well, they're kind of challenging themselves. You're kind of – you know, grandstanding a little bit on the sideline. <laughs> the old man of the river. Uh, old man river. All right. Well, uh, this week for the PWBA, we've got the East Hartford Open kicking off the second half of the season. And now they are down to the elite field. Elite field means that 32 women bowled the tournament proper and the top 24 uh, are uh automatically seated into the tournament and then they have a ptq for the final eight spots so i think the first tournament of the year this one right now the east hartford open only has 20 of the 24 that are signed up so there will be 12 spots eligible out of the ptq and uh, that's how they're going to do it so anybody who bowls the qualifier the ptq and makes it into the top 12 they'll be into the top 32 and it's an auto cash so definitely a different format uh, I've never been a huge fan of it, to be quite honest, because I like being able to see all of the players on the on the floor at the same time and 
getting out there and bowling the full 16 games to see who makes the cut. So that's kind of where I stand on that. Yeah, I, uh, I think I, I think I agree with you, Tony. Um, if you're going to continue to develop, allow your young stars to develop, just like the conversation we just had, right? You got to get them competitive reps and competitive games, right? So limiting them to a certain amount of tournaments per year. I, I mean, I think that might hurt you a little bit again, just my opinion. Um, I think the format's still going to be exciting. Um, we're all still going to be dialed in to watch, but those folks are only going to be able to compete for eight spots a week. Right. Yep. Yep. So not exactly sure how uh, the first few weeks are going to pan out. We will see the one change they do have this year is the top 24 is a rotating top 24 every week. So wherever the points go last year was wherever the top 24 were prior to the elite season starting that was set. So this year it's rotating. I definitely like that. That's a good modification. So I definitely support that, but uh, definitely wanted to at least run through uh, one additional bet that we made when we we're up in Detroit. And that was anyone who hasn't won a tournament, Who's going to win a tournament? So we got fifth a man on this. We we kicked it up over our <laughs> Oh, did we go fifth? Yeah, fifth. Oh, God. Fifth. And uh, Tony took Missy Parkin to win a tournament. D-Hart's got Diana Zavilova. And Matt stole one of uh, D-Hart's prime Johnsons, Stephanie Johnson. So those are the three players we have. Those are uh, fantastic talents that have not yet won a tournament this year that we think will definitely win a tournament one of the last few of the year. And if they win a tournament, these boys will be uh, just Venmoing fifth all around town to see who's got it. <laughs> fifth, fifth. Who's on a $50 bill for the record? I hope my name. No. <laughs> uh, that, that's, I need to Google that. It's worth a Google. I'm, I'm not going to lie. This, this, one's got, this one's got my heart pumping a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this one's, you know, you've already been just taking down Twompers left and right, D-Hart, but this one, you know, fifths, we start knocking down some fifths, it gets real around here. Uh, here's, somebody's, here's hey, somebody's going to be passing somebody some Ulysses S. Grants. <laughs> oh, is that Grant? I didn't know right. that. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you I guys just, know that I hate paying Matt any money for me losing to him in anything that we do. Uh, what about What about my golf this weekend? I didn't like paying any money either. Whew. Man, I was turned up, man. I was upset. But that could be that could be another uh, jive talking segment. We'll save that for jive talking next week. That sounds good. Did you guys uh, play the walk game? No, we did not play the walk uh, was, at all. We played some dubs. Uh, it was myself. That was, was engulfed in so much other action. There was no room for the walk. Oh, I got hustled. <laughs> I got hustled big time. Did but not we'll get save hustled. that for jive talking. It'll be good. All right, so uh, next week, it's going to be a great episode. Uh, we're hoping to have our possibly premier segment of the season, one that will go on forever. I just want to tease it a little bit. Matt, we've got to make this happen. Sportsing with Andy. Sportsing with Andy. Okay, yeah, we can All definitely right, so do that. This is, this is going to be good. This is going to be Tori, my daughter, and Matt's twin brother, Andy, talking sports. One of them knows sports. One of them can't spell sports. You guys decide which one's which. So we've got yeah. to get sportsing with Andy going. And yeah. uh, an idiot. And I've got an amazing idiots in the news for you guys next week. I've been sitting on this one, and it is legitimate. So uh, it's going to take a couple of Googles for you guys to find some videos. But these are phenomenal points on idiots in the news. 
So, parting shots before we roll off, Matt? Uh, you know, I think I'm looking forward to the Tori Andy segment. Uh, sportsing with Tori and Andy should be fun. Um, other than that, hey, great to be back at it with you guys. Big West was awesome last week. Again, I've known that guy since uh, since I was probably about 17 years old, um, acquainted. And I think he said more words last week on our hour <laughs> podcast than he has said where I've been involved in conversations my entire life. So it was really cool to get his perspective and and dive into a little bit of, hu- of his humility. Derek, you, you touched on this, how even folks that guys like himself and ladies like, you know, can be successful and you think that they're super successful and they never there's never any chinks in the armor. But hearing Wes talk a little bit about that was was pretty empowering. I, I still want to say that again. It, it was it was pretty awesome conversation. Agreed. Thanks, Matt. G Hart. Uh, yeah, a couple things. Uh, Matt, make sure you get to the driving range this week. You really need to work on that swing. And uh, Tone, enjoy Hawaii, man. Thanks, thanks. Uh, we got a couple of hurricanes bearing down on the islands. I didn't get a chance to tell you that, Matt. Yeah, there are two hurricanes firing at Hawaii right as we speak. Wow. Can so, I can I minute. just go with a little Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can, can we can we describe those hurricanes? Are those the leg kick larkin hurricanes or are those, no, those like are the actual hurricanes? Those are slurricanes. Are oh, those actual be. like national weather Yeah, national weather. I believe it's Hurricane Eric and Hurricane Flurry. Flossy. Uh, I was going to ask you what the names Flossy? were. Flossy. Is, that, is it Flossy? No, it's, it's not Flossy. Yeah, it's not yes, even it a real word. Yeah, Eric and Flossy. So pray for my soul, guys, or my mm-hmm. life, if that's the way it works travel, out. Speak- yeah. Travel safe, dude. We we would love to hear We would love to hear some great stories about Hawaii. All right, we'll do what we can. I'll just be crushing my ties and hiding in the uh, stairwell, I guess. A little tiki huts. <laughs> over. Exactly. Whatever it takes to keep me dry and out of the hurricane eye. Go watch The Bachelorette, Tom. Bachelorette time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And we will see you next week on the Out of Range Podcast.